Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Hustle for Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Brooke, and today we're diving into the fascinating world of breathwork and mindfulness with our incredible guest, Ava Johanna. Ava is the founder and CEO of the Academy of Breath, a platform that's making mindfulness and breathwork accessible to all. She's not your typical breathwork enthusiast. She's a visionary leader who's blazing the trail in this industry. Ava's approach goes beyond the physical and scientific aspects of breathwork. She sees it as an art form, a means to crack open your heart, connect with your emotions, and embrace the present moment without seeking external validation. In this episode, we'll explore Ava's journey, her unique approach to breathwork, and how she's empowering individuals worldwide to live their best lives through mindfulness. So let's get started and welcome our guest, Ava Johanna. Hi, how's it going? I'm so happy to be here. In San Diego, one. Yeah. And two, to be reunited. On we, the couch. On the, <laughs> it's super casual, but <laughs> yeah. Ava, we go back to like, I remember just starting my first client in San Diego and I'd call you for help. And now we're full circle, what, 10 years later? It's crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, and also just thinking about that whole time, it was like, we were so young and just like scrappy, but like talented, but also dealing with like chaos. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, at least I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I was good at something. Yeah. And you too. I mean, you were doing marketing at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was 10 years ago. Fast forward now, where are we at? Tell the listeners just tuning in a little bit of background. I know that there's a pre-recorder that I introduced you as, but just a little background about those maybe who skipped it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from when we met to now, I had several moments of, oh my God, this can't be all that there is. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm following the path that everyone says to follow, but I can feel first and foremost, my body breaking down, which was really scary. Um, I would have migraines like every other week and, you know, would be literally in bed. And I would, I just felt so much shame and guilt because I was dating my ex at the time. And I just like, couldn't even be a partner because my physical body was in so much pain, but also just like the mental and emotional anxiety of knowing that where you are and the way that you're living your life isn't, isn't right and isn't like in alignment with your soul. And at the time I didn't have that language. It was more just like, I don't enjoy life. I don't enjoy what I'm doing. I feel stressed out. I feel like there 
is something more for me there? And now I have the language to know, like, there's this intuition inside of me that knew the direction I was going wasn't the right path for me and that there was actually something more. And, you know, as simple as it sounds, I just kind of at every single level with whatever I was most confident and comfortable with just kept following that voice. Mm. And so, you know, when we met, it was, I'm going to follow this voice inside of me that says, I don't want to work for anyone anymore. And I want to work with businesses that I'm passionate about or people that I love working with. And so I um, quit my job at the San Diego Reader and then started freelancing and started taking graphic design clients and doing marketing management. And then started gaining more clients and getting clear on like, ooh, I don't really like working with these types of people, but I do like working with these types of people. While at the same time, because I was doing my yoga teacher training and like really starting to go down that spiritual path, I was building a community online through my Instagram. And I was starting to put feelers out there with certain brands to collaborate. And I think it was like 2016, 2017. So it wasn't like the start of like influencer content creation. Like it had already really started taking off, but it was at a point where I think brands were so new to how to work with different influencers that I got my foot in at a really great time and created a lot of incredible relationships with different big wellness brands and was able to step away from eventually freelancing with certain marketing clients to actually just working with brands and doing content creation and teaching with different companies like Allo Yoga and Bandier, eventually launching launching my podcast. And so I went full-time into content creation and teaching in 2018 and in 2019 decided to officially launch my coaching business. I wanted to help other yoga teachers and wellness professionals that if we're being honest, like had no experience in the online world and had like such big hearts and were so talented. You know, I was working with some of the coolest teachers and teaching alongside so many incredible people that just literally had no idea how to even post on social media. Right. And so I was like, I have all of this background and you have all of this talent. I want to teach you how to harness that talent online so that you can make a bigger impact, make more money and get your work out to the world in a bigger way. And so I launched my coaching business in 2019. It immediately filled up with one-on-one coaching. And after about a year of doing that and also launching the podcast, working with brands, teaching in studios, and like, you know, kind of following that traditional of like, have so many different streams of revenue. Right. I got to a point where I was like, I feel like I have so many streams of revenue, but I'm not all in on any of them. And I'm actually preventing my growth. And so at the end of 2019, I decided to step away from teaching in studios to basically stop working with all brands and go all into building my own brand and my own business. And then 2020 was the year that I launched the Academy of Breath, my 12-week breathwork and meditation certification. I started working with people in group capacities, really going all in on like business coaching and spiritual like soul coaching and mentorship. And from 2020 to now, I have been solely working on building my brand and building my community into what it is today. And we've certified over 500 students across the globe. We have an advanced training. We have like personal practice courses. And it's just been so fun because the through line of all of this has always been 
what I'm doing is amazing, but I think that I can do this even better and do it for myself and like my passion and what I desire to create. And I, again, I just kept following it and like following that little voice inside that was like, refine it this way or take this step forward. And listening to that night, when you first were explaining, listening to your body, like when we first met to now, when we first were like, there's a kind of a resistance I'm hearing in terms of, you know, I didn't understand the language. It was like, you needed a, what's it called, where someone speaks Spanish and you are... A translator. Thank you. It's like you needed a translator to understand your body. Like you're, you're, you're tired. You couldn't get out of bed. You had anxiety, like these little things. And it's often like, what's not aligning in my life? And you took that language and brought it into your life. And I think listening to that and harnessing it over the years is really has led you to today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And self-trust too. I think that that's the biggest thing is like in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of trust built up because I had never gone against the grain in that way, you know? And I think for a lot of people, it's like, I follow what I'm told to do, what my parents did, what society told me, what school Mm. told me, what my partners told me to do. And then I received this message from inside that was different from what everyone else was saying. And it was scary and it was stretchy and it was an edge, but I had faith and I took the step and then I took the next step. And then I started seeing the results. And I think that so many people can resonate with that, that at first it does require faith. And at first it does require that we go against the grain of what we see around us or what we've been told to listen to what we're receiving from inside, whether it's the body or the heart that's speaking to us. But as we do listen and take action that aligns with whatever messages we receive, we build up that trust muscle so it gets easier and easier and easier. So like now at this point, the moment that I hear something that's like, oh, shift in this way or change in this way, I'm not going to hold back on actually listening to that guidance because I know after years and years of listening that I'm never being guided astray by my heart. And it's that one little thought. I mean, that little thought snowballs and snowballs. For those that don't even know how to listen to that intuition and get confused, it's like eat the piece of bread or don't. It's it's, it's deeper than that. Yeah. It's not a temptation. It's something your heart is yearning for and you're listening to that and massaging that voice to be greater. How did you know to listen to that voice though? I think that the best way to describe it is like at a certain point, and many of you may have heard of this before, but like at a certain point, the discomfort of staying where you are is far more painful than the discomfort of trying something new. And I really believe that when we are experiencing anxiety in our life, when our physical body is speaking to us loudly in pain or dis-ease, that there is an invitation for us to change and that there's something that's not right and our body or our intuition knows it. And so anytime that I start to experience anxiety or feel almost like I'm like trying to crawl out of my skin, I know that there's something here for me that I need to like take a second to step back and get quiet. And this is why I love breathwork so much, like tune in so that I can hear like what is wrong? What is out of alignment? What is the invitation? Like where can I go or what can I do to change this? And that that piece of that you're not stuck. In order to feel results, you have to feel the pain. 
I'm saying that you listen to that pain. It doesn't have to be painful to work towards what you no. want. I'm sure that after you let go of that and really listen to that voice, it actually wasn't a painful process. You actually started listening to it, not fighting, but going with that voice and no pain, no gain. But I hear that we don't have to experience pain to achieve greatness. Like you don't have to put yourself through something or, you know, listen to the voices of everyone around you saying, don't do this. But, you know, if there's something that's inside of you and then listening to that, I think to me, what I'm hearing is that's where the magic happens is that like we know deep down inside of us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's easy all the time. There are going to be decisions that are really hard that you have to make. There are going to be moments in time where it does feel really scary, you know, going, going back to what I was sharing before we hit record around finding my house and meeting my partner. Like that came immediately after me letting go of really, really big things in my life. And that was really hard for me to do. And it, and it was painful and it did require a season of grieving for me, but it was worth it because I look around at my life now in comparison to where I was two years ago. And if anyone were to see me two years ago, it would be like, holy shit, she has everything. Like I had the house in La Jolla. I had the amazing on paper relationship. I had the thriving business, but like it, again, the anxiety, like of like, this isn't right. And the fear of the unknown was, was better and like more exciting to me than staying in the anxiety and the discomfort of what my life was. And so I had to make those choices and it wasn't easy, but it did pay off. And now I look around at my life and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I trusted myself to make those decisions, to let go, to again, go against the grain of what society says is right or wrong and act in accordance with what I believe to be my right steps. Right. And if uh, silencing that, like what I hear is you had this yearning inside of you and we can all get complacent. We can all say this is easier than doing this. It's too scary to put myself out there. So I'm just going to stay and everyone must be experiencing anxiety. I have, like you said, I had the the white picket fence. You, I mean, you had the picture painted for you, but there was behind all that, the anxiety, the pain. And you knew that by st- it's more worthwhile for you to keep pushing beyond that because you that didn't feel right. Yeah. I think so many people will say, oh, well, I should just be grateful or this is all that there is. You know, when I was working my corporate job at first, and thank God I didn't continue to go down with the story, there was many times where I was like, well, I guess that this is just adulthood and this is all that there Suck is. Suck it up and, and deal with yeah, it. And yeah. And you just get a paycheck and then you have fun Friday through Sunday And Mondays through Fridays suck, though. And that's just what it means to have a job and to be an adult. And thank God I realized that that was complete crap. (laughs) You know, thank God the moments in which I said I should just suck it up or I should just be grateful or I I shouldn't want anything more than this because this is good. I'm so glad that I challenged all of that because... I really believe that there's no limit to how amazing things can be. Right. And yes, you can have a really beautiful life and you can be grateful for what you have, but still want more. And you can have everything on paper. You can have everything that people would say you would be crazy to walk away from and choose to walk away because you trust that you're made for more. And that's really what I have learned through so much 
actual lived experience to be true for not just myself, but every single human being. And I I stand behind that message fully because of how I've experienced it in career, in relationship, in my living environment, and in my friendships even. And so I really do believe that if we can trust ourselves just like 10% more every single day that we can create such unbelievable lives that maybe throughout the entire process of creating it, people say you're crazy for choosing this or not settling for this or wanting more when you had this, but ultimately lead us to what I always like to say is just that like pinch me life. Like, oh my God, am I dreaming? Like pinch me because this is so incredible. Yeah. I love that. The pinch me life. It's and it's all because you chose to take a like a chance on yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the the leap that we all fear sometimes. Those listening, I know having that courage to, you know, everyone has an opinion, but when do you listen to your own opinion for once? And mm-hmm. I think you like, but and you listen to that. So divorce can have so many emotional scars. We talked about this before we hit record, like letting go, telling your father. How did breathwork support your healing process and assist you in letting go of past pain and resentment? So much. Yeah. I mean, so I had a feeling about six months after I got married that the relationship wasn't the relationship. And it was really hard because we just got married and the ego comes in really loud when you start finding friction with these societal norms and like don't want to become another statistic and all of the different things that we're conditioned to associate with marriage. But six months in, we started having conversations of should we be together or should we not? And then COVID happened and we said, you know what? Let's try therapy. Let's get back together. I had gone to Australia and did a solo trip by myself to get clarity. And then because COVID happened, I came back and that halted my travel for the year. But I originally was like, I'm going to travel for a year and figure out like, who am I by the end of this year? And then if I want to be in this relationship, we will continue it and we'll figure out what we need to do to be supportive of each other and create a thriving relationship. But unfortunately, because of COVID, we ended up coming back to San Diego. Not unfortunately, actually, I'll I'll take that back because I adore my ex and I am so grateful for the time that we had um, when we came back to San Diego because we had a lot of fun. But a therapist, that we saw maybe two or three times told us on our third session, why don't you guys just actually stop talking about your problems for a little bit to see if they go away? And because right. <laughs> it's energy, you're feeding it. Yeah. I mean, and you what know, resonated with you though? I think in some ways I understand what she was saying because we can definitely pour into certain things that don't necessarily need to have feed as it. much airtime and feed it. Yeah. And also, these were systemic issues in our relationship where we just did not see eye to eye. And so when we decided, okay, let's just stop talking about it for a little bit, it was also when my business really started picking up. And so I got so sidetracked and just so excited about everything that was happening for me professionally that we fell back into a pretty you know, neutral flow with each other and things were good for a little while. And then as COVID started slowing down a little bit and as um, my business went through a slower season, 
all of these things started coming back up. And so it was a two-year period of me going back and forth, one foot in the door, one foot out of the door of do I stay or do I go? Right. And over that period of time and when it really started coming to like the forefront of my mind where it was affecting my everyday experience, because it wasn't over those two years where like every single day I was thinking about it, like there were many good months and many good um, moments and memories that we had. But really in like 2021, from like April through when we decided to separate, um, it was in my mind every single day. And so breathwork ended up being this practice, this tool that I was using every single day, first and foremost, to just make me feel safe in my body. Because this idea of letting go of a path, a timeline, a vision of what my life was supposed to look like with this man was disappearing before my eyes as I was getting clearer and clearer and clearer on what choice was right for me. And so breathwork helped me to just feel safe in knowing that I was going to be supported and I was going to be okay no matter what decision I made. And that was so big for me because as a teen, I was shown through my mom and my stepdad's relationship that if you don't have a man, that you won't be able to take care of yourself. You won't be able to support yourself. You will end up on the streets. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. Like literally, you'll end up on the street. You won't be able to take care of yourself if you're not in a relationship, which is so funny because I was the breadwinner in the relationship. And yet I still had that fear. Wow. And so there was a lot of resistance and a lot of fear and a lot of limiting beliefs I had to work through. And breathwork gave me the space again to create the safety, but also to be able to clear out enough of the noise to identify what stories were there so that I could challenge them and, and remind myself of who I am now. And in doing so, gave me the confidence and the courage to finally get to the point of saying this is no longer working. And so it was the most fundamental tool for me. It changed the way that I showed up for myself and how I held myself and also gave me the space to support myself and not seek him or anybody else to be the source of my healing. It's all you. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like breath work, did you just, did you learn that from yoga or how did you stumble upon? I mean, I would say stumble upon, but how did you get introduced to breath work? I learned breath work in my yoga teacher training for the first time. Yeah. It was like one of the first sessions that we did. It was Wim Hof, which I don't really teach Wim Hof and I don't really practice it anymore. Yeah. But it was It was a fad. It was a fad. Yeah. 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 It was definitely a thing. And I'm so happy because that was back in 2016 and it was before. Yeah. I mean, it was, I lived in OB, so it was big in OB, but it wasn't big really in many other places. For sure. A lot of people thought and still probably do think Wim was crazy. Like I remember telling my dad about Wim Hof and he's like, no, that guy did not do that. I'm like, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. And it was just like such a controversial and like fringe um, topic and right. like practice that I'm so grateful I learned during that time because it really did set me up for when breathwork became bigger and bigger and bigger. Like people associated me as somebody that was blazing a trail in the breathwork industry that they could trust because I'd been talking about it for years. I mean, years. you are doing it. Not was. I mean, you're currently, you are a trailblazer in that. Like you're teaching so many people and you have a style. Yeah. What do you feel? You said there's Wim Hofs. 
there are different types of breathing. Like people think it's fast, intense. You have to be in cold plunges to really experience breath work and intense situations to breathe through hard things. That's a stigma, right? Like what really is breath work? Yeah, it's so funny because I think <laughs> you know? immediately when people think of breath work, they either think of like what you just said of like super fast breathing, cold plunge, like in the snow, barefoot or painful, yeah. rigid, scary. Yeah. yeah. Or like in a yoga studio, people are screaming and crying around you, yep. like massive trauma release. And yes, those do exist. And there's so many different ways in which we can use our breath to elevate our emotional state to, like I said, create safety in our body, to calm down, to regulate our emotions, to shift the way in which we show up in the moment. And ultimately, my belief is to create an entirely different identity if who we want to be is different than who we are now. And so for me, I am all about bringing breathwork into our everyday experience, whether it's a five-minute practice, a 15-minute practice, a 30-minute practice. And the styles that I teach stem from the Hatha yoga tradition. So it's all pranayama. And pranayama translated from Sanskrit is extension of life force. And so it's all about how we extend our life force energy, right? Which is the building blocks of all of life. You know, when we think about prana, which is energy, it's also, if we look at it from like more of a scientific lens, like the atom, A-T-O-M, like building, literally the building blocks of all life. And so when we're practicing breathwork or pranayama, we are working with the energy that builds all and creates all. And so it's such a powerful tool for every single human being to use because of the massive effect that it can have on how we feel, on how we use our energy, on our physical health, our mental health, and our emotional health. And like I said, it doesn't have to be this intense, rigid, or like super hard practice. It can be as simple as one of my favorite techniques that maybe everybody already knows, but I go back to it time and time again, is equal ratio breathing or box breath. Yeah. And that's a simple inhale for four, hold at the top for four, exhale for four, hold at the bottom for four. And a five-minute practice research has shown will activate our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest or relaxation response, which is essential for any type of growth, whether it's cell growth and regeneration, support of the immune system, or our emotional growth or our nervous system growth and like creating new beliefs and right. new patterns. Like we need to be able to access that parasympathetic response if we desire to evolve. Right. And I think that with all the talk of, you know, pharmaceuticals and options, like this isn't a very healthy, holistic approach that actually really addresses the problems for someone who is experiencing anxiety or mm -hmm. a hard time or elevated nervous system or getting sick. I know from my experience, like my husband has high stress and box breathing, and maybe this is your experience, but when he holds at the top and I've experienced this and I'm sure people listening are like, well, when I hold at that top, more thoughts flood in. Is there other ways to do or is box breathing just one technique for someone? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So there are other Those ways. Those thoughts just come in and how do you? Yeah. So there are other ways, but also my challenge and my invitation is how do we surrender when those thoughts come in? How do we observe and not identify or latch onto those thoughts when they come in, right. but notice them arise and let them go? And so something that's really interesting about the holding of the breath at the top and at the bottom, which a lot of people in a lot of different types of breathwork um, classes and workshops and techniques don't actually add retentions in because they are uncomfortable. Right. And when we are 
holding at the top or holding at the bottom. It really is that like ability to pause and like have the spaciousness of a single moment in time to observe and witness what is arising in the present moment. And so for somebody who experiences thoughts arising in that moment and how they respond to the thoughts arising in that moment, it's such a beautiful mirror for how they likely are responding and operating and showing up in their everyday life out into the world. And so for me, I think that just a single practice alone and like how we observe ourselves in their attentions or in the inhale or in the exhale, are we rushing through? Are we uncomfortable? Do we feel sensation arise in the body? Are we following the thoughts? Right. It gives us this training ground to reprogram how we respond so that then how we respond in our everyday life shifts as well too. Right. Because those thoughts do come in. And in a perfect world, it's would be nice to like observe a thought and let it go. I mean, practicing that is right there, a beautiful skill set that we all can develop. And it's like you said, it's the response that I think just clicked for me. And I'm going to share with James as soon as we get off is, is how we hold that space. Because are you anticipating thoughts coming in? Are you waiting for thoughts? Are you reacting? Are you holding it? Are you allowing? Are you accepting? You know, I think I hear a lot of like fighting when people are trying to do this breath work. Can you do breath work not when you're anxious? Like it doesn't just have to be like you're in a shitty mood to do breath work, right? Like, No, of course not. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting that I'll just add to that is like totally new to this. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people like for sure. So, you know, what's interesting that I'll add to that. And then I'll answer your question is like, when you have that Am I anticipating it? Am I waiting for it? Am I fighting it? It's like, where else are you anticipating negativity? Where else are you fighting your experience or the present moment? Or where else are you waiting for X, Y, Z, you know? And so it's like, it's just so illuminating because what we are experiencing in our breathwork practice is a better knowing of ourselves. And when we know ourselves, we have the ability to change what we desire to change, to accept what we can't change so that we can just like experience life with a little bit more ease and grace. Kindness. And then, yeah, and kindness towards ourselves and be able to amplify the things that we really love about ourselves too, because I'm sure that there's certain things about your husband that he can witness and observe within himself within just deep breathing where it's like, oh, wow, this thought came in about how I feel really powerful and strong right now. I can actually amplify that more and take that into my everyday life and remember that I'm so powerful and strong. So it's just such a fascinating and like powerful practice and knowing ourselves so that we can amplify what we desire to amplify and shift what we desire to shift. Um, on the topic of your question around, do we only practice breath work when we're anxious or when we're stressed out? Absolutely not. Right. That's why I love all of the different techniques that I use. And that's why I say, let's practice on a daily basis. And I do a lot of this work because I work with a lot of high-level executives and I work with a lot of individuals that have big businesses, whether they have seven-figure businesses, eight-figure businesses, busy lives, dealing with a lot of people. And not every day is a stressful or anxious day. Not every day they are waking up and just dreading going through the day, a lot of times it's like, I have energy. I'm excited about the projects that I'm doing. I want to be able to channel this energy into my work to make a bigger impact. And so the benefit of daily breath work is that, again, we can use breath work to amplify those powerful feelings, but also in the days when we aren't feeling anxiety or we're not feeling stress, we can use breath work to expand our window of tolerance, which is something that relates back to the nervous system. We have a window of tolerance, which is essentially 
if you think about the nervous system as being elastic, like a rubber band, there's only so far that you can stretch a rubber band before it snaps back, right? And so the window of tolerance is essentially this rubber band of our nervous system where we can tolerate stress, tolerate stress, tolerate stress, and then we collapse in and it's burnout, right? Or have you ever had something really good happen to you? And then the next day you're like, why am I sad? Or why am I crying? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like like a letdown. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, this amazing thing happened. Why Why do I feel sad now? Or like, there's this thing called the finish line blues where like you finish a big project and then you're like, what am I doing now? And so that's an aspect of our window of tolerance where we've taken in so much unknown, whether it be good or bad. And the nervous system is like, how do I recalibrate to what I can actually tolerate? And so it feels like either stress or anxiety, sadness, depression. I get super restless. Yeah, exactly. Which is a reactive response of trying to keep yourself safe. Yes. And so what we can do with breath work on a daily basis, again, when we're feeling good, when we're not anxious and stressed out, is yeah. use breath practices to expand our window of tolerance so that we don't get burnt out, so that we don't have that restlessness, so that we can continue growing and evolving and receiving more money, receiving more opportunities, putting ourselves out there in bigger yeah. ways and just holding more of all of the good things and all of the more uncomfortable and things. And does that? hmm Yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, like, just... I'm thinking, and people are probably like, really? Like, I sit and breathe. But it's Mm -hmm. more than that. Yeah. And that's because the breath is connected to your autonomic nervous system. Right. It's in our bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's our body. And people think it's like these tangible things. And society probably thinks quick results. Is breathwork quick results or yes and no? Yes and no. Okay. So you can do a breathwork practice. And like I said, in five minutes, feel more calm, more peaceful, more at ease. You can do a breathwork practice that's more energizing and instantly feel more energized, more excited, more like ready to go, more aware. And again, that's because when you're using your breath and it's attached to the autonomic nervous system, you're either sending yourself into a sympathetic arousal, which is if we're in that sympathetic arousal, it is mimicking the stress response, right? Of like, I'm kind of on guard. So if we're doing it- flight a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why- when we do it in a conscious way, we can increase our capacity to be in that stress response because we're mimicking those sensations of ah. fight or flight. So there's that side of it. But then there's also the parasympathetic response, which is relaxing. And so within anywhere between a couple minutes to 15, 20 minutes, we can shift our nervous system. We can shift the brain waves that we're in from beta to alpha to theta, which each have different qualities. And you can feel the instant effects of it, but those effects that happen instantaneously are going to wear off pretty quickly. Mm. And what's really interesting coming back to what I was sharing around like identity work and reprogramming is that that's when we need the consistency in order to feel the long-term effects of, wow, I'm thinking differently or wow, I show up every day different or I have new habits or I am different in my partnership or I'm just how you more manage confident. Life, right? Yeah. Like, so those things interesting. take time because they're habits and habits don't happen with one sitting. Right. But the physical sensations, that happens instantaneously. And you wouldn't even think because it's like, oh, I'm just breathing, but there's so much 
in our bodies that happen. And I didn't, I'm working with um, a TRE specialist, trauma release exercises. And it's crazy. Even when I podcast and shows you hold your breath and using your voice, like it was anxiety, brought anxiety to me. And that's why I've started this podcast is to exercise my voice and to work through that trauma is because using our voice is a part of like everything, the breathwork diaphragm, like there's chest breathing, there's stomach breathing. Like I didn't know all this is related to the parasympathetic (laughs) nervous system. And it's all related to how our stress and our, we regulate. Yeah. It's crazy. This is, I believe breathwork is going to single-handedly be the most important practice that we as human beings incorporate into our lives because of how fundamentally connected it is to every single aspect of our being. I mean, the reality is you are breathing unconsciously for the most part, but when you can consciously, yeah, every (laughs) single day from the moment it keeps us alive. Yes. The first thing that you did when you entered this world was take a breath and it'll be the last thing that you do as well, too. It is so fundamentally connected to every single aspect of what we're doing and it's happening unconsciously. And the power is when we consciously control the breath because we know that if we bring in a more calming practice, we can have this result. Or if we bring in a more energizing practice, we can have that result. And so to me, it is one of the most empowering parts of the human experience and of our physical makeup that God, universe, science, whatever you believe in, installed inside of us to be able to be the creators of our own lives. And what was a light bulb moment for me was when you said earlier, the intentionality of like, okay, when you're not in those induced environments where you are reacting, you are stressed. But then when you put yourself in that controlled environment and stress and like you work on that breath work and those thoughts are coming in, it's like kind of like training for the big day of like when we are in those stressful environments and then that subconscious turns into weight. I'm actually okay. I've done the I've done the homework. Now let's apply it to when I'm actually in a stressful, heightened, good mood, just finished a project. I know how to react because I've done the breath work on yeah. it. Like I, I think that's so cool. I know. We're literally in the same way that you train a wild animal, a wolf, to become a domesticated house pet. We are training our brains through our breath to be able to respond to life in a more Seriously. empowered way. Seriously. It's like the intentionality piece is in our control, like how we react is more in control than we know. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to switch it back to, you know, you've mentioned your divorce, but now let's switch it back to present life, which is opening up to love requires vulnerability, right? How did your breathwork practice help you break down those walls and allow yourself to be open to new love? Such a beautiful question. So I think this comes back to being really present and knowing what my patterns with love were. And knowing that one of my patterns with love was not being vulnerable and was protecting myself and keeping my walls up because for most of my life, I didn't feel like anyone wanted to take care of me. I didn't feel like anyone wanted to be a partner and and really like not be in a relationship with Ava, but like be in a relationship us together, you know, yeah. and it's different. Yeah. I'm sure you've been in relationships where it feels like it's me one-sided almost. and them, but there's not an us happening. Yeah. And so I always felt that in my life. And I knew that there was a part that I was playing in that and that was not letting people in. And so for me, as it relates to breath work, it was the stillness of knowing, Ooh, if I don't get 
the response that I want. Or if he doesn't text show me love in this way. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't text me back or doesn't show me love. Luckily, Matt, my my boyfriend, we met in Mexico. And so he was just attached to the hip um, for like from the point that we met moving forward. So there was no need to text back because- Right. You knew was, where you stood. Yeah. I love that. Um, but just knowing that, because I had dated a couple guys before I met Matt and knowing that my pattern, knowing through just stillness. And like I said, like when you're in your breathwork practice and you notice and observe things about yourself, you're yeah. likely not just experiencing it in your breathwork practice, but you're experiencing it in your business. You're experiencing it, it in your relationship. Yeah. yeah. How you do one thing is how, how you, you relate to one thing is how you do everything. Preach. And so I was able to just learn more about myself and my patterns and how I would typically show up in relationships so that when I met Matt and I would notice myself start to fall back into patterns, I could give myself that moment of pause and say, is this how I really want to show up? And that was so big because it didn't mean that I just like never felt those walls go up around my heart. You acknowledge them. I acknowledge them. I would yeah. take a second. Like I remember there was one night when we were in Mexico and we got into a disagreement and we were, I could start to feel my, my walls. You saw lifting. them. I felt them. I felt them so big. And I was like, oh, okay, let me go into the bathroom real quick. Let me put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly and just start breathing and slow down. And I would take, mm. I would inhale for four and exhale for eight. In the and bathroom. I take, took a couple deep breaths, maybe five deep breaths. And I said, wait, I want to show up with love. And I want him to know that like, I am not an opposing, an opposing energy in this space right now. And I walked out of the bathroom and I said, listen, I love you. And I realized that I have not had my walls down right now. And I want us to approach the rest of this conversation from wanting to be on the same team. And it changes everything. And I think that for so long in my relationships, I was always waiting for the man to go first. And of course, you know, if we look at like masculine and feminine energy dynamics, the man leads, but there's an element of us needing to do our part too. Yeah, and, I agree. And, and that's really where I feel I changed the most and breathwork supported me in changing the most because again, it created that safety in my body. So I didn't feel like I had to protect my heart. And that's, and that's usually why we end up in patterns that have us feeling in opposition between our partners or feeling unseen on our partners is that we close ourselves because we don't feel safe. Yeah. We don't feel seen. We don't feel held. We don't feel but, like and also they want to meet us. those patterns though. Like you're bringing your past into the present and it's like, wait, Matt didn't do anything of that. Literally. I know my therapist was like, do not bring things from your wait, past relationship. Keep your trash outside. Yeah. Matt doesn't need your trash or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not trash in a bad way, but like those things that we'd like to acknowledge and say, wait, that's not his problem. Yeah. It's my problem. And I think that's the piece too is, you know, this isn't him against you. This isn't playing victim poor me. It's realizing, taking a step back and be like, hey, I need to love myself right now. Yeah. And you didn't judge yourself for, you know, getting in a disagreement, but like seeing these patterns arise. Oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Or he's in a fight with me. It's, you know, that masculine feminine energy, if we didn't label it all, it's just how, how do we show up as better people yeah. and keep evolving and keep getting better because he didn't do your past to you. Yeah. But I'd love that you took a moment and just that awareness piece around, Hey, what do I, what do I need right now? And then communicate that with him. Yeah. And who do I want to be yeah. right now? Yeah. 
Like, what type of partner do I want to be? That was the biggest thing. And we all have access to that. Granted, obviously, there are relationships that are toxic and unhealthy and unsafe. And so if anyone's listening, use discernment. This might not make sense for the relationship that you are in. But in a generally normal relationship, you have the ability to walk away for a second, to pause, go behind a closed door, Take a second to literally just breathe. Take a step back. And ask yourself, who do I want to be? Right. How do I want to show up right now? Right. And is this pattern that I am repeating? Yeah. Right. Am I repeating this in my other relationship? Have I done this before? And like really having that coming to Jesus moment and like being with yourself and being like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. I'm going into the bathroom. Yeah. No, this is awesome. I'm going into the bathroom. I'm taking care of myself so I can attract that right partner for me and I can meet my partner where they're meeting me because that piece is huge. And I love that you say that because people say, oh, I'm just going to keep fighting. Or I'm going to keep this mood up because I have an ego and I need to prove myself. But it's like, wait a minute, put the drink down, so to speak, and be the first one to say, hey, I'm repeating my patterns. How can I not do this? Yeah. So for listeners who might be going through similar experiences, what advice do you have for using breathwork to heal, grow, and embrace love once more? Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 first piece of like, if you are navigating a breakup, if you are navigating separation or divorce, having a breathwork practice to just build up a deeper relationship with yourself is going to support you and just knowing that you're going to be okay no matter what. And like, again, going back to this idea that like breathwork allows us to elevate our emotional state. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you like don't even want to get out of bed, like sit your ass up in bed Get into a comfy crisscross applesauce position. Do some deep breathing. You do it in bed. You can literally do it in bed. It's not an excuse. Yeah. I love that you do that. And And you can change how you feel. And when you change how you feel, you're going to change how you act and how you show up. And I think that that's the biggest thing is understanding that your feelings have influence over your thoughts and your actions. And breathwork allows you to shift your feelings. And so if you want to process and heal and find that light at the end of the tunnel during a breakup so that you can be ready for love and be open to finding your soulmate or your perfect partner. Start with bringing this practice into your daily experience, even if it's just for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, so that you can start to shift how you feel. And I think also it's like pouring into yourself so that you're not going into the next relationship needing somebody to pour into you, but like you're already good. And that's so sexy. It feels so good to know like... Well, the power's on you. I mean, just think you're waiting around, waiting for someone to pour into your cup. And I have so many friends. You can pick up the vase, the jar, whatever you want and pour it. Drink it. Yeah. Fucking drink it. Yeah. (laughs) Put it in your body. I have so many friends that are just waiting for the partner to start their life and to feel safe and comfortable. And I'm just like, you know, as bad as it sounds, but like no one wants to be with the person that is sourcing all of their happiness and not starting their life until that begins. Like for me, like I want to be with somebody who has their own life. That's a lot of pressure. Like it's not sexy. (laughs) Regardless of like not, it's definitely one not sexy, but like regardless of that, just think about the pressure it puts on the other person for them being their, their soul happiness. Oh yeah. I'm relying on you to make me happy. 
that's a lot of pressure as a partner and it's uncomfortable and that's not attractive. Yeah. That piece of, you know, get your power back, put it on yourself. I mean, think about the energy when you see someone who's so limitless with themselves, like you want to be around it. You want to, it's, it's attractive. Like you said, it's sexy. And I think it's that piece of coming back to yourself and just drink, grab the glass yourself. Like why wait? Yeah. And you know, <laughs> I think that Sometimes it can feel really far off when you feel like you're in a difficult mindset, when you're depressed, yes. when you're still processing Going a breakup. Shit, yeah. But it, and this is the thing that I think can be so frustrating for people. It's not that far off. It is the simple things. Get up at the same time every day. Try to go to bed at the same time every day. Go check out a Pilates class. Go to the gym. Move your, like, go for a walk. Go yeah, little buy yourself good groceries and cook yourself a meal. Drink enough freaking water yeah. in the day. Like carry around a 32-ounce Hydro Flask and make sure you're drinking four of those a day. Like right. it does not take a lot to feel good, but we live in a society that has made it seem like everything outside of us is the way to feeling better, to feeling happier, to getting Oh my gosh, you have to have the certain journal. You have to, when I have this workout set, I will have that workout. It's, you don't need much. It's the simple thing. Keep it freaking simple. Yeah. You post about breath work on your social media and you, I see you. You are in bed breathing. Mm -hmm. You don't need a special mat. You don't need a certain AirPod, whatever. Like you literally are in bed starting your day with you. Yeah. That's, I mean, all we need is ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's that really clicked into place for me while I was navigating my divorce was that I was really like trying to figure out what the big thing would be to heal me and to make me feel better. And I realized like it was always myself and it was always my everyday daily habits. Yeah. And like spending time daily connecting to myself via breathwork and meditation um, moving my body, yeah, eating well, yeah, and drinking water, and like plugging into things that were inspiring, like podcasts, um, courses, having a mentor that I could speak to and yeah. connect with. Like these are the things that make the biggest difference to how we feel, and like I said, how we feel influences the life that we create. And I love that. I think that when you were saying you're searching for the next big thing, and it's just been us the whole time. It's been you. Like we don't need that next big thing. That next big thing is actually the thought to get you out of bed or the thought of setting yourself up for success with water, food, nutrients, mindset, books, fueling our body with good things. Yeah. Um, okay. As we wrap up this podcast, because it's been so, it's gone so fast. It's insane. Pursuing happiness often involves personal growth. What's one personal growth adventure or challenge you've taken on recently that has really enriched your journey? Oh, this is so good. I think that as far as enriching my journey. Over the last two years, I spent a lot of time doing solo travel. And that was so fun because I really was able to, this is such a theme in the conversation, learn to trust and like know deep within my bones without a shadow of a doubt that I'm okay because I've got me. And it started when I went to Australia. I went on a three-week, I think it was three-week solo trip. I road tripped through Western Australia by myself. And it was 
one of the most like spiritual and amazing journeys that I went on by myself. I met baby kangaroos on the beach. It was so cool. And um, that's so cool. And I learned on that trip though, like I'm going to be okay. Like right. I, I've got myself no matter what, whether it's a breakup, whether it's having a hard month in business, whether it's having a friend no longer in my life, like I'm going to be okay. I've got me no matter what. And so solo travel really taught me that because I didn't have somebody to rely on throughout the trip. It's not like I was like having somebody else to tell me where to go or to keep me entertained. Like I got to really learn how to be okay by myself. And that was really healing for me because I'd spent so much of my life in partnership and, you know, with, with my relationship or, only being fueled by the external success. And so to have space over these last two years to travel on my own, to be in new places, to meet new people, to put myself outside of my comfort zone and have these incredible experiences because of it just really helped me to see how much more resilient we are as human beings and how capable we are of creating incredible experiences for ourselves without needing all these extra things in order to do so or jumping through so many hoops to do so. I love that. And now you're in a relationship. Do you still solo travel? I have gone on, let me see, actually. I don't think I have over this last year since we started work, uh, working together. Oof. Dating. Dating. <laughs> Probably, I mean, Tell me you're an entrepreneur without telling know, you're an entrepreneur. Work is like, yeah, it's everything bleeds. <laughs> Everything's connected. Um, I don't think that I've gone on a trip by myself since we started dating over this last year. But right before we met... I went on a lot of trips by myself. Like I went to Austin before I moved to Austin. I went to Austin for a month by myself. I was in Mexico. Um, I, gosh, all these different amazing trips of just like even like quick little vacations up to Malibu and stuff where I would be by myself. And that. it was just really amazing. And I just needed it. I think being alone, even it doesn't have to be three weeks to Australia, by the way. Like yeah. I feel like for me, I'm in solo. I've been on a solo trip here in San Diego yeah. for two weeks. It's comfort, but it's I've been by myself. I've been like intermittently seeing people, but like solo trips. I mean, I feel like take yourself out to lunch. Two Literally, hours, yeah. like two hours, like don't go. Okay. I'm going to, I need to do some self-care Australia is it. I I think that piece of just getting yourself alone, it doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be extravagant. Yeah. And I think that's also coming back to why breathwork and meditation is so powerful is like you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. Start. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Start with that. Yeah. All right. We're closing this episode. It went by so fast. Where can listeners find you? So you can find me at Ava Johanna on Instagram. My company is called the Academy of Breath, academyofbreath.org. We have programs, certifications, we do retreats even now, which is so fun. And I would love to connect with all of you. So send me a DM after you listen to this message or listen to this message, Jesus. Okay, you're good. <laughs> We've been chatting for a while after you listen to this amazing conversation with myself and Courtney. And is there any <laughs> opportunities for them to be a part of your growth or success? Yeah. I mean, if you're feeling, if you're feeling called to learn breathwork and meditation, my mission is to get breathwork and meditation into the hands of every single person across this planet. I um I really want to start a nonprofit and I'm excited about that because that. it feels really, really big. But also, like I said, like I feel like this is one of the most empowering tools that we can give people. And yeah, I just want I want to get this work out to as many people as possible. So even just sharing this episode, but if you want to join us inside of the Academy of Breath, come come learn breath work with us. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I truly appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
and that hustle for happiness, people's listeners, <laughs> that brings us an end to our incredible episode. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the world of breathwork and mindfulness with our exceptional guest, Ava Johanna. Ava's journey and her mission to make these practices accessible to all are nothing short of inspiring. Her unique approach, blending science, mysticism, and business, is reshaping the way we look at mindfulness and breath work. Remember, it's not just about reducing stress. It's about cracking open our hearts, embracing our emotions, and living fully in the present moment without needing external validation. If you found today's episode as enlightening as I did, please, 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 please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and share this episode with your friends or family. Your support helps us continue to bring you remarkable guests and conversations. So stay tuned for more exciting episodes in the future. And if you have any guest suggestions or topics you'd like to explore, please just DM me, write me, email me. I want to hear from you. Until next time, keep breathing, stay mindful, and live your best life. Take care, and we'll catch you on the next episode. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.